Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 142 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Fernando Cajas. Fernando is a developer advocate at IBM, having previously worked at SoundCloud and Tuenti. Over the past decade, Fernando has mainly worked as a core engineer and tech lead focused on mobile development. Fernando describes himself as a nerdy geek and a strong believer of sharing which he does by speaking at conferences, participating in communities, and through his blog. So, Fernando, can I ask you to expand on that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. First of all, uh, thanks, Phil, for, for such those words. You know, um, wow, well, I, I didn't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, wanted to say hi to everyone here. And, well, I mean... There's not much to add, actually. Yeah, as you pointed out, uh, currently I'm mostly sharing my knowledge and giving talks at conferences. I like these kind of initiatives, by the way. I think it's a good opportunity for me to to share a little bit more about you know what I've been doing, what I'm doing currently, and so forth. So I I, I think like you. You really did a pretty good job here. Well, <laughs> Nothing thanks. to say about it. <laughs> yeah. well, I, well, I hope people find the benefit in it and listen to other people's experiences. That, that's that's what it's all about, really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Totally agree with it. So, Fernando, can you share a career tip with the IT career and Agile audience, one they may not know and perhaps should? Right. I think uh, it's one of the things... Uh, that you actually pointed out. I mean, this is like, let's say, a more general advice. I mean, something that has helped me, you know, face challenges, you know, from another perspective. And for me, it's always about sharing your knowledge, especially all those lessons learned out of failure. You know, things that you that you learn when you make a mistake, for example. And I think, like, for me, it's about, you know, helping other people to avoid hitting their head against a brick wall, for example. So this is the most important part to me. That's why I like to share. And I think making mistakes is such a good thing, even though it might sound a little bit, I don't know, weird, but uh, that's how I learn, honestly. Indeed. I mean, there are often sayings about you learn from your own mistakes, which is true, but it's also better to learn from other people's mistakes so you don't make them yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. It's about sharing all these and, and, you know, again, trying to help, you know, in this sense. I mean, that's what I like. And, and of course, it's the other way around. You know, I've been learning from other people's mistakes, as you pointed out. It's super important to to share, I mean, especially nowadays with all the, the content being generated, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, Fernando, can you maybe share the story of your worst IT career moment with us and what you learned from that experience? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, (laughs) of course I can. Um, Yeah, I mean, I have to say after after many years working in this industry, I think I got a a quick story. And that was not actually a long time ago. Uh, It was while I was working at SoundCloud. 
So what happened actually when I joined SoundCloud, that was six, seven years ago. I remember during my first week, I joined as, as an Android developer. We used to use you know, a release stream model for shipping uh, new versions of our Android app, right? And during this process, you have someone who is taking over the release, which is a release captain. Yep. Uh, this person who is taking the leadership here and takes care of, of the release. So I was asked to be the release captain for this. And of course, I said, uh, challenge accepted. Why not? Let's do it. And so back in those, day, in those days, we didn't have, as you know, nowadays, a very mature continuous integration environment, which means most of the things in order to ship new releases were through manual steps. You know, we didn't have everything automated and so forth. And um, by that time, the Android application for SoundCloud had around 100 million users. And you know, th these kind of things, you know, like when you're working in such a big project, you know that uh, if you screw it up, you really screw it up for a lot of <laughs> users. Yes. So at that point, I remember I forgot. I mean, there was this manual step involved in the middle. So I had to change the endpoint. We had different environments, you know, for our Android application. So let's say development and production. And while we were, you know, writing uh, these functionalities, we were pointing to development, which was our APIs, you know, for development. So what happened there is like I forgot to change that endpoint. And I remember like trying out the application, you know, it, it worked on my phone. <laughs> as, <laughs> as, we, as we always say, it works on my computer. So basically, um, I shipped uh, that word, of course, uh, because I was pointing to development and, and so forth. But then when I shipped the application, it turned out our development environment consisted of two Max Minis, you know, two Max Minis uh, serving the API and the content for 100 million users. So <laughs> that was something that we were using internally. And uh, I shipped uh, the application. I remember went back home. And, uh, and of course, it didn't work. And we had an outage of two hours affecting millions of users. And I remember like, actually having a phone call from the CEO of the company. It's like <laughs> actually pointing me that our core functionality, which, which was about playing a song, did not work. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, at some point you have this feeling of desperation, you know. Um, fortunately, it was very easy to solve. Basically, it was a phone call to someone from DevOps, which would increase the in instances of this development API and would do some forwarding for the IPs and so forth. It's more, than it's more technical than that, but uh, that was a big mistake, you know. Um, I don't know in terms of numbers, but, like, you know, having millions of users not being able to play a song uh, was was a big deal. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, exactly, yeah. So what did you learn from that? What, what do you do differently now? The first advice here is to automate all things. Uh, manual steps should be avoided, in my opinion, as much as we can. Of course, sometimes it's complicated and, and we might not have time for, for doing that, but like definitely... Here, we should try to find time in order to 
to make all these processes uh, automatic. And, uh, and the other thing, which was a good thing, and I'm totally grateful with the company and the team, there was no finger pointing here. You know, we acted as a team here. We made a mistake all together because I had to say, like, in this case, it was mostly a process mistake or maybe a lack of documentation or something like that, which that's why I for it's, it's not basically that I forgot to change that, but also, but mostly that um, I didn't know. And, uh, and probably it has, it had to do with the process or with the onboarding or something related to that. Of course, we did some retrospectives and, you know, uh, did it, we did something called a postmortem, you know, sharing again, um, all this knowledge out of that mistake. And the good thing for me was that, you know, no finger pointing. We just said, okay, so let's try to avoid it. We all made a mistake and so forth. So that was a really good thing. Yeah. Indeed. So, yeah, part of that sort of team ethic of collective responsibility. Totally, 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 totally. Okay. So moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? There is a bunch of things. <laughs> um, every time, for example, I finish up a project or a big release. But but honestly, if there is something to highlight, I would say for me, it's the, the first time I gave a talk. I think here I cross, you know, that line that separates being introverted and extroverted. You know, like we as, as developers, especially technical people, uh, you know, we tend to be introverted. That's kind of, you know, the stereotype, I mean, uh, of course, that's not good to create a stereotype for everyone, but <laughs> but it's the general idea. Yes. So I think that point in time when I was in front of an audience, I think that helped me out with communication and especially to not be afraid of establishing, you know, a conversation with other human beings. Because, <laughs> you know, like um, I always say, like we we are better at communicating with computers rather than to human, with human. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so that was a, a game changer for me, uh, giving talk in front of, I, I remember like it was 30 or 40 people, but, you know, it's it, it was kind of a big deal, you know, like yep. hands sweating and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? I would say the... Basically, the fact that technology changes and, and evolves so fast. And, and if I had to, to pick an area, I think, you know, about the future, I've been working lately in quantum computing, you know, some basic, doing some basic stuff. And, and that's something I, I, I believe is going to change the world. Uh, I think it has a, an enormous potential. And of course, like talking about uh, quantum computers, I mean, don't get me wrong here or, or you know, from my perspective, that's not going to replace classical computers, but they will complement them. You know, they're they're able basically to just give you some insight. They are able to to use you know over nature, and they work with atoms and protons and all these particles that belong or that comes from quantum physics, and they are able to solve exponential problems and 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 let's say emulate the nature. Um, they're gonna be able to process information in a very fast way. The, the reason why I'm saying these are not going to change um, or these are not going to replace classical computers is because 
we're going to need uh, classical computers to feed quantum computers. And of course, you're not going to use a quantum computer for, I don't know, watching something on Netflix. <laughs> you might use a classical <laughs> one. Yes. But, but I, think, I think that's going to be a game changer. I th- yeah, in my opinion, we are a little bit far uh, from it. Uh, I mean, it's evolving again pretty fast, but we, th- we are still four or five years before that happens. I would say so. We can check it out again, like in four or five years. We, we talk again in this podcast field, hopefully before that, but like <laughs> we can do some kind of test. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to go into the reveal rounds now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm up for that. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? I would say curiosity. I remember like uh, when I started, I was maintaining, uh, you know, networks, uh, Ethernet networks. When I was 16 year, years old, and, you know, I'm, I'm coming from a little town in Argentina and I remember I was working in the local hospital because you can you can work you can do some training uh, you know at the age of age of sixteen and that's what I did actually that woke up my curiosity and you know started with hardware and then you know all these lamp parties and hacking also these microprocessors in order to play games you know in a faster way cooling your computer with water you know it was super noisy. Uh, with tons of <laughs> coolers and so forth. I think that was the nerdy stuff also, I would add, but uh, basically curiosity. What is the best career advice you've ever received? I think I have a bunch of them because I'm, I'm a person who is always asking questions. But uh, in this case, I would go for not being afraid of saying no. Or, you know, when someone just comes over and you have to say, no, that's not possible. It doesn't matter who, whoever this person is, if it's on an upper layer, let's say, or whatever. I think that that helped me realize we put our own pressure on ourselves, and in the end, no one is pointing us with a gun, to be honest. And and I think that's rule number one for me for being a, a good professional. You know, just say no whenever it's it's not possible. You know. Yeah. If you were to begin your IT career again right now. What would you do? I would not change much of what I did. I think I would, you know, again, start writing code again. Even though now, you know, I'm in a more management position or, or you know, a developer advocate position, which is something different. I think it's the natural thing. But in order to, to be where I am nowadays, um, I would say, yeah, I wouldn't change that much. Uh, starting to call, you know, when you're young, it's such a plus one. What career objectives are you currently focusing on? Nowadays, uh, mostly I like to organize, uh, to mentor, and to help. Something I, I became a huge fan of is to solve uh, people's problems. Of course, I like to be in touch with the technical part and and so forth, but but mostly I like to deal with people. You know, this is saying about, you know, computers are predictable, people are not. <laughs> so that's a big challenge. And I include myself. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much that. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? 
I would say I'm a frustrated psychologist. Right. <laughs> so, so I would say uh, understanding people's problems. Um, I think one of the my core strengths is patience, and that's something, of course, I learned over the years. And you know, the more experience you get, the more you learn, and and you know, the more things you have been, you know, fighting against. But I, I would also add here things that are non-technical is, and for me are pillars of any human relationship. And I would mention here respect, communication, honesty, and humility. I think those, those things are, are key. I'm a person who really value, you know, the human part of anyone. I think that's, that's super important. Yeah, they're great traits and qualities to have, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, Fernando, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? So the first thing, the same way I was telling you uh, about crossing this line between being introverted and extroverted, I would say we shouldn't be shy. We should always ask questions, you know, not be afraid of thinking about them, that our questions are dumb and so forth. That is one of the most valuable things that you can do, I think. And again, you know, in relation to all these pillars I mentioned before, it's about being respectful and humble and honest and uh, always prioritize human values over technical knowledge. I think we all learn, but we work with people in the end. And, and you know, uh, computers are only means to reach out to people. So in the end, that's, that's what's the most important part for me, the human being. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, I mean, uh, that shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think by, by listening to uh, this podcast, I think like what you guys are doing, it's, it's incredible. Um, I'm a big fan of that. But um, I'm in pretty much every single social network out there. <laughs> if you want to be in touch and ask more technical questions, I use Twitter for that. So my Twitter name is Fernando Sejas, uh, Sejas. Yeah, as you said, I, I, I also mispronounce it because um, I'm so used to that. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, Facebook or Instagram or, you know, if you want to be in touch in a more professional way, why not LinkedIn? Great. Anything might work for me or my blog as, as well. Fernando, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Uh, Phil, thanks to you for the opportunity. It's been such a pleasure. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, 
visit itkoreaenergizer.com.